Okay, welcome back to another Alignment Discussions podcast broadcast meeting of Conscious Creators. I'm Asher. I'm here with, can I say your guys' names? Sure. Okay, we have Steven, who's an old friend, and Ken, who's a friend of Steven's and a new friend to me. Yeah. Do you guys want to check in real quick before I read this little thing? Just kind of oh, say where I, you're coming from? or Oh. Well, you don't have to. You can share later if you want. But Oh, well, I'm now, here out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, I, Stephen told me a little bit about it, and I was curious. And so I'm always willing to try something new. Nice. I always want to try something new. Yeah. Cool. And, um, yeah. Are you from L.A.? I'm born and raised here. lived here all my life. Wow, rare. And, uh, yeah, I grew up just a few miles from here in Eagle Rock. Oh, cool. Yeah, Mount Washington area. Yeah. Nice. I love Eagle Rock. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool city. And Stephen? Oh, uh, We Stephen. go way back. Today. Right. Yeah. We'll go back <laughs> a little over a decade. Um, so, yeah, I've been in other 12-step fellowships, and um, they helped me, and but there was a, only a certain distance I could get with that, and um, recovery is important to me. Um, but I'd like to basically tap into the strength that I've been given and learn how to utilize it more efficiently um, before leaning on something a little bit higher and stronger than myself. Mm. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little? That's interesting. So the strength that you've been given when you say um, that, what do you mean? Well, exactly? I was raised Christian mm-hmm. and in the fellowship of, of, of Christians that I was in, I noticed a lot of people uh, turning everything over to God, but even things that were within their power to make changes on. Mm. So uh, they basically, uh, in my opinion, um, took a backseat to their lives and um, and left everything to this higher power that had given them power um, without using their own power to basically correct the things that needed corrections in their own lives. It's very good insight there. It's actually interesting you say that because this particular spiritual practice it's not so much about turning it over as it is about bringing ourselves into alignment with that power and working with it, starting to create a collaborative relationship with whatever our higher power is. Mm-hmm. Not saying, okay, you take the wheel now and I'm just going to be passively over here. Right. All the mantras are set up in a way where, you know, they're half, for example, the, the first set of mantras are possibility mantras. And those are just to kind of warm us up to new possibilities, you mm-hmm. know? So um, if we've been living in an established survival pattern of i'll use one of the one that's been hard for me um of you know portraying overly reliant on other people or relying heavily or even portraying myself as a victim and that would manifest as an inability or an unwillingness to take responsibility to be accountable for myself to have other people show up for me and kind Mm -hmm. of take care of my needs um so that I would have to first become open to the possibility of being responsible for myself and my commitments. Mm-hmm. And so the possibility mantras, rather than being like, I am responsible. Well, the fact of the matter is, is at the moment when I start those possibility mantras, I'm not responsible for myself and my commitments. I've been and in this material, we would call it my particular, whether you want to call it a character or persona or my trauma avatar. I held a belief about myself that I'm a victim, that I'm incapable, I'm unworthy, so-and-so. And so in order for me to even start becoming personally responsible, I need to get my brain to accept that as a possibility. So first, the first set would be like, well, I accept the possibility of being personally responsible. I accept that I can now be personally responsible. I just love being personally responsible rather than acting like a victim. 
And so we go through that, that those initial mantras are just kind of loosening up our attachment, undoing the mental knot that keeps us attached to this identity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then we move into the alignment mantras, which are beautifully structured. There's three affirmative statements. So it's I love, I choose, I am. And then you follow it up with whatever you're, whatever you call like mine is spiritual consciousness of love and truth. I pray that you help me. Boom. Thank you. Or, you know, I pray. Then the second one is like, I pray that you help me maintain. This process is all about a thing called conscious awareness and a thing about maintaining our vibrational frequency. So each one of us was born into the planet with a specific vibration. We were born, our authentic personality, our authentic self has a vibrational integrity. And the more that we layer on these beliefs and these narratives and all this fear and all this stuff. There's your gun piled on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so then it's like a bunch of chains all bound into a wall. There's some of them are gold, a lot of them are tin, a lot of them are just going to turn your neck green when you put them on. <laughs> so it's about like using discernment to say, well, which which one of these serves me as a like for myself, I'll speak, 49-year-old man, father of two, who's trying, you know, who has an earnest desire and a curiosity to break out of this mold as someone who's been a victim or incapable or unlovable. You know, what does that even look like? So I'm asking my higher power to give me the conscious awareness and to maintain the frequency of vibration that's necessary to continue to create that. And then we finish it up with thank you, God, or thank you, higher power, whatever your higher power is. But we're no, at no time saying, do this for me. Mm -hmm. We're no saying, okay, cool. Like uh, we're doing our part with those first three affirmation statements. Does that make sense? Because mm -hmm. yeah. there's God can't go into our brain and go into our subconscious mind and undo what we've created. We, we can create whatever we want. And God isn't like someone who's going to intervene. He's not the interventionist. Yeah. No, I, I even show this sometimes. Uh, it's a silly example, but it's something I would use. If you're walking down the street and you notice the shoelaces are untied, stop. God's not going to tie your shoes. <laughs> stop and tie your shoelaces so you're going to trip and fall on your face. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's kind of a silly example, but it's one nonetheless. There are things that you can do that you should do um, because they're right right in front of you and they're so obvious some of them some of them not so obvious some of them easy some of them not so easy mm -hmm. but that's right in front of you stop walking tie your shoe do what you see needs to be done and then continue on your way that, that's a beautiful okay. such yeah. a simple example i mean the one that we use in the book is like how does this like how would our beliefs manifest and so the example in the book is like i, I it manifests as like my resistance manifests as procrastination and what does that procrastination look like? Well, my sink's full of dirty dishes. I see myself not taking any action on whatever this creative desire that's been haunting me the last 20 years. I'm over here zoned out on social media rather than just putting in an hour on that project, whether it's a book writing project, art, music, whatever you guys are into creatively. Mm -hmm. But that's the physical evidence that makes me a procrastinator. And so if I were to walk by that sink full of dishes, just like the insight, look down. Oh, my shoes untied. Yeah. Boom. That's my higher power. That's that's a, that that's some sort of greater mm -hmm. perspective than self letting us know there's an opportunity on the table right there for you to take care of yourself yeah. and for you to demonstrate to your higher power that, yo, I'm consciously aware I'm in this moment. I'm here for myself mm -hmm. in the same way would be with the dishes. It's like if I was walking by the dishes and all of a sudden it was like, I got the insight like or inspiration. Wash a dish. Yeah. Wash two dishes. Hmm. I could either act on that or I could be like, fuck that. I'm going to throw another dish on. I'm going to come back later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've done the second one a billion times. I've done it. I did it this morning. 
but before I left the house today, I did wash the dishes. <laughs> but that's I amazing. Did, yeah, but I did it this morning. I looked at it, but no, I just turned the corner and went the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so but, each time we do that thing, we're actually demonstrating to our higher power that look, we're serious. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, you have anything you want to add to that? No. Yeah, so because that's the thing, you, 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 we've been in these rooms for a long time, and it's like a lot of people are waiting for their higher powers to do things, and so this just offers a really helpful structure mm -hmm. that people can sit down, much like going to the gym. We just sit down, we bang out three to five mantras a day, and then we move on with our day, and over time, that does two things: it registers new thought impressions and what we call the receptive mind. You guys might call it the subconscious or the unconscious mind, mm -hmm. but that's the storage device part of the mind that holds all those thought impressions. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, this makes sense. And so each time that we're saying a mantra, we're giving that subconscious or receptive mind a steady stream of positive vibratory energy. Yeah. And so it's resetting the subconscious and it's creating new pathways in the mind that's going to override that lifelong pattern of being a victim or being a procrastinator, or being uh, creatively incomplete. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, and over time they add up just like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. We don't obsess on them. We don't sit there through the day and be like, how is no, this no, pattern no, working? No, no. Just get in, no. do your little exercise and move on with your day. And over time it starts to take, create it. Yeah. It starts to liberate our authentic self from that character, that trauma avatar. Does yeah. that make sense? It does make sense. And a little bit each day. A little bit. Over time. Yep. Just like anything else, mm -hmm. do a little bit of something every day, it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. Okay, this just becomes, maybe the subconscious becomes a habit. It starts getting fed, starts getting used to getting fed, and waking up or understanding. Or, it's an uh, interesting idea. I, um, yeah. it's, just a, it's also a creative redirection. So if we're, think about it, by the, and maybe you guys can give me a concrete example. Something happened, like for example, like I got really embarrassed or humiliated by a friend. Um, when I was in my disease, for example, maybe my aunt or my sister like snubbed me and I was supposed to get a ride to this family gathering, yeah. but they just kind of blew me off and I didn't have any way to get there. And I was humiliated and I said, you know what? That's never, ever going to happen to me again. And I become driven by that. I'm never going to let anyone feel, make me feel like that again. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do whatever's necessary to make sure that I'm never feeling vulnerable like that. And so there's a million different examples of how people have made us feel vulnerable yeah. and we've patterned our life in such a way. So mainly what we're doing is we're just trying to avoid people doing things to us yeah. before, by the time we're our age, now we've created a whole bunch of patterns mm -hmm. of avoidance. So right. what this is doing is saying, okay, like there are some fundamental needs that you've been neglecting creating and supporting these patterns of avoidance. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. So we can't fulfill a fundamental need for intimacy while we're also braced up against any opportunity to be in a social engagement. If we automatically shoot down anyone's invitation for a social gathering yeah. or if something, you know, someone calls us up and wants to hang out. If we're automatic thing is, oh, Tom hurt me in 1989. So this person's probably going to do the same thing. So, no, I'm not going to do that. We can't get our need for intimacy or connection. And you so stay hurt. We stay, stay in hurt. that hurt avatar. Yeah. Yeah, we're living in that vibration, and that vibration of the hurt person is not a, a, a vibration that can receive right. wholeness and joy. And that let's go to that this real quick, because I'll just yeah. read a little bit to help you guys get you a better um, introduction. So this book's uh, Mantras for Recovery. This handbook's purpose is to help recovering creators live in alignment with their spiritual nature. So right there we're saying 
we're human beings, but we're also spiritual beings. So we have a spiritual nature that we haven't been tapped into adequately. And so, so we realize our purpose by fulfilling our need for wholeness and joy. So what is wholeness and joy? How do we go about cultivating these qualities? Wholeness can be viewed as living in truth. When we are whole, we are complete. This completeness is maintained by honoring and evolving our authentic understanding of truth. This means that our thoughts, words, and actions are aligned with this understanding as it evolves. Our spoken words bring wisdom and strength. We live in truth rather than delusion or denial. So delusion and denial would be like those old patterns, like we'd be living in the past or we'd be living in one of those beliefs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, we possess accurate self-appraisal. We have a strong sense of our right and wrong. In other words, we have our own moral compass, which means that each one of us has a unique connection to our higher power. And we've had our own experiences, which makes us have this beautiful perspective based on everything that we've been through, everything that we've been hurt. Just like in the program, it says, you know, everything, our experience won't be something we want to shut the door on, but something that we can actually be of service to other people. Yeah. So we always have this connection to our higher power. and No one has the same connection. Yeah, everybody's experiences are different. Everybody. I've always thought that everybody out there, no matter who it is, whoever I come across, can teach me something. Because they have different life experiences than I do. Every person out there can teach me something. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. Got to be open to it. Or it passes you by. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, that's basically wholeness and enjoy is living in, um, it's living in love. So when we're joyous, we're actually in that state of spiritual love and bask in its subtle yet invigorating sensation. So this is like a vibration of love as opposed to a vibration of hurt or fear or mm -hmm. anxiety or depression. And so when we do the mantras every day, we're just maintaining that vibration. So it keeps us, I mean, the practice is what it's all about. So the practice is really simple. It's just like sitting down and it's putting these things out into the universe. And then over time, what starts to happen is it starts to help us maintain a vibration. And then our life starts to match that vibration. Because so often we're, we're, un, we're undisciplined. And so we don't just have a, tr a practice where we sit down every day and we just get our mind to redirect on these things that we desire as possibilities. We're over here worrying about things that could go wrong. And so over mm -hmm. time, if we sit down and we do that for 180 days out of 360, all of a sudden our brain's now focusing on these things. First, we're curious about them. And then they actually become desires that we take action on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so... And the more that we do that, that then it becomes our reality and it happens in moments. Mm, so, and it's a companion to 12 <clears throat> steps. It's not like 12 steps is bad. 12 steps is really great as far as it goes, but six, seven and 11 is what this is. It's saying, what's a deep, you know, like when you, can you read six up on the board behind me? Oh, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Mm-hmm. So this is saying the defects of character are these survival patterns or these self-defeating habit patterns. Right. And the way that we have God remove them is by having an option, another option over here that we focus on consistently. And as we focus on that, rather than this defect, the defect shrinks, it, it atrophies, it's intervened upon, it goes into a dormant state, and then it's no longer active. You talk about that. I've listened to... Uh, one part of a, a podcast and you you just basically likened it to a virus that goes into dormancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens. So that avatar, we're not always running around. You know, are you, you from a 12-step background too? Yes. 
So you know it says like our best thinking got us here. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference between someone who is reactive and fearful Mm -hmm. and braced up against their environment as opposed to someone who's open and receptive and spiritually aligned. Those are two different versions of me. When I'm triggered, when someone triggers me and then I become reactive, I completely change internally. My perspective changes, the way I feel inside changes, I become very fearful, I become very angry, all kinds of emotions come up. There could not be anything really happening, but something triggered me. And so that person is a very different person than the person who responds with love and courage and sincerity to that same moment. And so all we're doing is we're building in that God pause here. Mm -hmm. So we're not just having these crazy reactions. We're not getting triggered back into that thing. It's remaining dormant. So it's not interfering with us so Mm -hmm. much. Our creative ability. Hmm. You want to do a couple? I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a list of mantras that you can do. I mean, I I don't know what's the best thing to help you guys right now to to gain more information. Do you have questions or? Well, I have the book that you sent out like what a year and a half ago or two years ago. Yeah. I have that PDF at home. I haven't cracked it open just yet, but I also have listened to the podcast that you sent me links to. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's that, that book of 320 pages is going to be a hundred page little manual. That's going to be released. Because it really has just come down to the practice. Like there's going to be a bigger book for people that do the practice and are interested in it and start to tap into that consciousness. Like the stories from the big book. That and then also just kind of breaking down in a different way. Because until you tap into that energy, until you break to tap into that conscious awareness and start to access that, it's like spiritual information. And so or it's like a spiritual perspective. And then you can start to read and understand some of the other stuff in it when you're not when we're still in that fearful vibration and we're still in the vibration of um well like we'll call it instinct mode so when we're in instinct mode when we're living in our like our central nervous system we're in fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. some of us are fighters some of us just freeze like possums and some of us just hide out Mm -hmm. and so a lot of us just kind of live in instinct mode or survival mode And it can be really acute where you feel yourself feeling threatened and scared and paranoid. And it can be really mild where you just have a low grade anxiety. But both of those, all of that is interfering with our ability to have an authentic relationship with spiritual consciousness because we can't be in fear and be in love at the same time. Now, if you come in from a place of fear, then you're going to act irrationally, defensively, lash out, Mm -hmm. protect, try to protect yourself. Can you give an example of how that manifests for you? Uh, well, I've had an interesting year in that um, um, my husband died in January. Uh, I had a stroke in April. My Sorry to hear about your husband. Thank you. Were you guys together for a long time? 15 years. Dang. And uh, so I had a stroke in April. Mm. Then my oldest cat, I had to put her down in, in uh, May. And uh, the other one, she's a bit younger. Uh, she died from cancer just last month. And so, oh, and I'm diabetic. And officially now as of the last month. And I had COVID. You know, so this year has just been one kick in the pants after another. Stephen's been extremely helpful. Others have been extremely helpful. But it it took me not to a place of fear, but of anger. And if, if there's anything worse than being in fear is being in anger, because mm. anger, you will really, who knows, you know, you're not thinking rationally, I think, 
weren't angry. Well, I couldn't think of any other place to be. I couldn't. Feel, I didn't want any other place to be. And uh, over my husband's death, I'm still angry. And uh, until we get answers on that, I don't want to go into a lot of details. But <clears throat> until we get answers, um, because I really think they screwed up the hospital. Mm -hmm. And he was in there. He died of something he did not have when he got there. He was there for over 100 days. And they were supposed to be watching for this thing. But then took the hours and well, went over this way looking for something else when that thing began to happen. And that's what killed him. Um, that was sister called me a minute ago. He was in the hospital for 100 days? 103 days, yeah. And I had couldn't go at the end, couldn't go visit because of COVID. You know, they had restrictions. You should, cannot go. End of life. Or if you have a, a, a minor child, one parent can go visit. There's COVID mm. restrictions. And I had talked to them on this particular Sunday and they said, oh, it's fine. It's talking, eating, everything's good. The following day, I got a call from a doctor saying he's going to die. People in this condition never come back. So I know that I've been lying to every morning when I called. So anyway, I'm angry. So that's still all active English. That's still all active English. There's not, that has not been released at all. There's yet. nothing Christian, yeah. nothing AA, nothing about this part, nothing about this. This is it. I have, I have a desire for revenge, mm -hmm. a desire for my pound of flesh. Mm -hmm. It's not money. We don't mind that. We like blood money. I want to ruin somebody. Mm -hmm. I want to ruin them their career. I don't want them to be able to do that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to hold that without bursting out. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. And then the other things that have happened through the course of the year, you know, just keep, you know, kick him when he's down, kick him when he's down. Um, but because I've got friends like Stephen and others to really kind of got around me, you know, it's been extremely helpful. But what's going on up here? I don't drive. I'm not even sure. Mm -hmm. What's going on in Sunday right now? I don't want to take a look. It's probably a pretty nasty place up there. Yeah. And um, so if I can figure out some... It's pretty uncertain, look, it sounds no, like. It's probably yeah. pretty uncertain. If I can think of... If I can come across something that's going to help me look at life in a little more positive mm -hmm. manner. Because life is so... Life is beautiful. I, I, I firmly believe that. You know? And um, I'm, st I'm still here for a reason. One, he passed on. Why that had to happen, still don't know. But it happened. He's not coming. Mm -hmm. I'm still here. There's yeah. something for me to do here. Um, but if I stay locked up in this too much longer, I may never find. You mean in this headspace? In this, in this headspace that I'm in right now. Pound of I, I may never, you know, something beautiful could cross my path that I'm supposed to, to see, to find, to, to engage with that's going to enrich my life in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I may just completely miss it because I'm blind to it. And that would be and what we talk about in here about the free the, your vibrational frequency is 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 what it is right now. You yeah. know what I mean? It, and it, you know the reaction you had to all these things that happened to you yeah. and the anger wouldn't yeah. allow you to see this beautiful opportunity if, if it came through your if, front door. If, if it came up and kicked me in the ass, I wouldn't recognize it. Yeah, just because I'm so focused on one, and I can be focused on that. I, I but I can I think I can still be open to other things. About not so, you know what I mean? Not, not so uh, black and white. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, it, and then at the, I mean, and you're also just record, you're also acknowledging right now that if you were to maintain, if I'm hearing you and listening to you, like you, if you're acknowledging that if you were to stay in this headspace for indefinitely, it might cause you physical, it, mental, could emotional, ruin me. it could yeah. ruin me, just ruin me. That's the other, another way to put it. And uh, who knows where that might lead to. What, how, because eventually we'll start to act out. Well, it's Cain, it's like yeah. that Cain and Abel, it's like oh, that energy starts yeah. to really build and we yeah. tap into it and then yeah. we become it. And next thing you know, we've done something that yeah, we can't, yeah, take back. can't take back. Yeah, so 
Um, so this had, this these mantra practices in over time basically just would help because the whole point is to create space for something new to enter. Yeah. So the whole point of conscious creators, the way of the conscious creator, the eighth measure is you know we create space mm -hmm. by releasing what doesn't serve us anymore. Yeah. And there's a way to go about, and it's hard. I'm not saying I have any answers for you, most, but there's most things that are worth it are hard. Well, I mean, it's hard yeah. navigating the situation you're going on because what it would, I, I can't say what it would do for you, but I've had similar, like, for example, my kid's mom, she was in the hospital. Uh, she had a back, she had a vaccine adverse reaction and she was, uh, you know, on life support for two weeks. She almost died. I wonder how she doing now. She's okay. She's oh. definitely on disability and it's a slow, uh, it's a slow turnaround for her. But my first thing, you know, when I got, you know, cause I want to. I'm always, and I'm not saying anything about you right now. I'm just, yeah, no, 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 but I'm ready to go and to like make something that happened to her about me and be a victim about it and want to like revenge or lash out or say that they, 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 these people did something to her. And I could feel myself starting to build a case against them. And there were all kinds of weird stuff that's going on in the hospital. Those people are, they have a lot going on right now. And I yeah. think they're pretty confused too. Mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like, cause I've worked <clears> at Trader Joe's across the street from all these hospitals yeah. and they're all coming in and man, they're just as confused as we are. I think. Yeah. But point being is, is that, you know, had I stayed in that resentment, the cool thing about the practice was, is it allowed me to conscious awareness is so important because it's an awareness of something beyond our mm -hmm. physical self, the part of us that's always, you know, vigilant about being hurt. Mm -hmm. We call it the big eye as opposed to the little eye, or the mm -hmm. big me as opposed to the little me. The, the me that can actually see things objectively and start to let go of things. Because at the end of the day, I can't live in that Canian energy too long. Yeah. I, I can't. I mean, I can go through the steps. And what the process would do for me is we were able to go through the steps with her, but I wasn't so in it. Does that make sense? I was, I had more of like a 35,000 foot view yeah. where I wasn't in it and I wasn't like, cause I can't be reactive. Like right. I can't be reactive. I can't be angry. I can't be fearful and I can't be anxious. If I live in those emotions too long, right. I, me personally, I'll end up getting high or dissociating or just right. becoming a different person. Right. And that's at the end of the day is like what AA is. If we're not getting our needs met and if we're always living in fear and anxiety and anger, we break out in alcohol and drugs mm -hmm. because those are the, those are the rituals of self-soothing. That's what yeah. we do to regulate our emotions. If we don't yeah. have a practice, true. true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if we stay there, all my relapses have come from staying in that vibration too. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? And then, and I'm not saying like, I don't have a judgment as far as like people use pot or not pot or micro micro. I mean, I have nothing, but only the individual knows when, whatever they're whatever's going on for them on a daily basis is is bringing them harm and causing them suffering mm. or not like mm. only you you know if you can continue to maintain this pattern yeah. or if, if it'd be good to kind of start letting go some of it go the parts that are you know beyond your control right. you know what i mean yeah you think Wait, uh, well, course, no, no, i also you. had a difficult year not the same i didn't lose a partner i haven't had a partner in a long time I lost my mother. Um, it, it brought to the forefront um, my strained family relations. And, um, but my mother, uh, she died of COVID. And actually, she didn't die. She, COVID got her into the hospital a year after she got her kidney transplant. 
Um, but she wasn't taking care of herself first thing, like first and most important thing is my mother wasn't proactive in her own healthcare. And, um, so she landed in the hospital with COVID, but then she died of an infection that was also rampant in the hospital. And most people who are around medicine know, um, if you go to the hospital, you're at higher risk of contracting something else, yeah. um, that may take you out. And it did, it took my mom out. But that sounds a little time, similar to what I mean. It's, it's, it it's similar like, except it's for the, the, same the husband part. But the other thing yeah. was, um, I mean, like for the last five years of my mom's life, I was available to help her in any way that I could. Um, but I also got to stand back and observe that she wasn't helping herself. She was leaving everything kind of like uh, the Christianity that I grew up in. It was the Christianity that, you know, was part of our family. My mom left everything to God when it was in her power to do much more for herself. So I love my mom. I watched her die. Um, and then she left and, um, you just kind of, for me, I just, I feel like I'm blessed in having, um, not being limited to the, can you give a couple of examples? I mean, Oh, I'm going to switch this real quick. Can you, it stopped recording. That's fine. So if we could back up with a question, what I was already going to ask you and we'll start over. Okay. Um, cause there were a couple of things concrete that examples. you were, so you growing up in that Christian environment, there were a couple of concrete, if you could give the listeners a couple of concrete examples of things that she left up to other people, as opposed to Taking what this does here is tapping into that inconvenient truth teller within that's going to let us know, you know, wash the dishes, do a work, do work on, do work on your book projects. For her, it would have been eat the asparagus, go for a walk around the lake. Right. But it's that inconvenient truth teller within that could start to give a, give her some intuitive insights to change the patterns so she could, and that's the higher power. Mm -hmm. But her growing up the way that she grew up in the religion and everything, she gave a lot of power to external things, which kind of limited her responsibility. Is that no what you're saying? Correct. And took no responsibility for those things that she could have done for herself. Like you said, eat the asparagus, go for a walk. So she chose to not do those things. And, um, and in, 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 in truth, she chose the path of suffering and death, you know, for herself. And, um, yeah. And what I had to do was I had to accept it. Like um, I was when when she first went into dialysis, I was working um, with this woman who um, I, I told her, you know, I take my mom to eat right after dialysis because she's really hungry and she's weak and she feels like shit. Um, but my mom wants to have a, a big uh, baked potato and like and I'm paying for it. But like, what do I do? And she says she told me she said in how did she say it? In Al-Anon, I forget how the saying goes, but she goes, we give the alcoholic their drink. So like if the alcoholic wants a drink, we give it to them. We're not dictating their recovery that they don't want. Um, so I would order the food that my mom wanted, knowing that, um, or she would order and I would okay and I'd pay for it. And I would spend time with her while she ate things that were gonna take her further towards the Down grave. that road. Mm -hmm. Further towards the grave. Hmm. So when my mom died, wow, what a lesson in acceptance for you. Um, I mean, yeah, it was hard. I mean, but the last thing, I mean, like a lot of things led up to the point that made it possible for me to do that was I was tired of, um, I mean, I couldn't stop completely, but I was tired of pointing out to my mom, her destructive ways. I was tired of punishing my mom. Um, and, and even telling the truth, in, in a non-punishing way was punishing someone was punishing her because she didn't want to hear it. Right. And it wasn't what she was choosing for herself. So, I mean, if I were going to be loving, then I would 
lovingly sit across the table while my mom ate these foods that were uh, destroying her body. And when you speak of that, you're the fourth mantra in the practice. There's 21 different mantras, and each one hits a different survival pattern. So that when four comes out for me, you know, like, you know, having realistic expectations of ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. After you've been that inconvenient truth teller over the course of months, even years, with her, and you've seen the same reaction. Or at one point, you just were like, "Okay, cool. Like, I have a realistic expectation of this. She's showing me what she's capable of and mm -hmm. what her pattern is, and it's up to me to either." get into acceptance about that or you know I, i'm gonna drive myself crazy or right? remove myself or remove myself from the yeah. situation if it yeah. hurts too much those are basically yeah. the options but it was you know getting into having a realistic expectation of her being in that pattern and that's just where she's going and then the difficult thing also is accepting my feelings about you know what i'm seeing that that has always been hard so like uh which while she was still alive when we would part, you know, then I'd have to deal with how I felt and that, that not easy, you know, it's not easy. I mean, there's anger. Um, but that was another thing that I, I learned when I was in 12 step fellowship, when I chose that as my means to recovery was, um, accepting emotions that the fellowship itself said were, um, the dubious luxury of other people, um, their, their natural feelings. So mm -hmm. like I had to accept my anger and to give myself permission to be angry and allow it that space. And, and if I allowed it that space, when I allowed it, and I'm not 100 at all, maybe not even 50% successful, that emotion, if I accepted it and gave it its, its space, space to breathe, to, yeah, then it would actually turn into something else. That's right. Rather than fight it and then become victim to it and then stuck, get stuck with it and never be able to escape it because I couldn't accept that I was feeling it. And that's the good distinction to make because we're this this practice is all about like when the initial thing comes up, we always need to have our human moment. We mm -hmm. need to have those feelings. It's just about indulging in and attaching to and then becoming that because there's a certain line where we'll cross over and next thing you know, we're no longer in spiritual alignment. We're in that pattern. Mm -hmm. We're indulging in the emotions that we attach to that pattern. And in a very real way, we're addicted to those emotions. Mm -hmm. So no one, when someone says, I'm just emotionally unavailable, it's just kind of who I am. There's always emotions that every person's available to experiencing. A lot of people are just unavailable to wholeness and joy and some of the more positive quote unquote emotions. I don't or, think they see them as options. Well, they don't know that they're options. That's right. exactly correct. And that's why the practice is so good because over time, what starts to happen is, is that, that inner wholeness and joy is a baseline. Joy and inner wholeness. I would have never known that just having an inner feeling of wholeness and joy as a baseline because then I can go into the negative emotions. I can come back. I can have like, I can go and I can feel the anger and all that initial human reaction. And then with the practice, I go and I have those experiences. Then I get back into the middle again. And then I can go out to joy and elation and that kind of stuff. But I'm always returning to center. Before the practice, I was going from agony to ecstasy. I was going back and forth between these two extremes. There was no center fulcrum. There was no rudder that was keeping me grounded. And I didn't realize that joy was an emotion that's sustainable. Joy is like middle ground between those two extremes. And if you have that and you know what that is and you can return to it, the other emotions don't seem so threatening and dangerous because a lot of people can't receive good emotions and success and creative recognition. They push those away the same way as someone else would push away anger and fear and resentment. People have a low tolerance for emotions. But once they have a baseline and they know what the spiritual fulfillment, the spiritual prosperity feels like, the spiritual well-being, 
boom, then they can feel all these human emotions because they're they're recognizing that we're spiritual beings and the spiritual well-being is our birthright. And But most of us are so turned away and shut down from that that we don't even know what that is. So this taps us back. It's one of many practices that taps us back into spiritual well-being, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's because in here, there's a, lot, a big thing with the 12 steps where we don't we have to like that dubious luxury of other people. It's like that we can't even go there and feel that at all. Right. I've never agreed to that. It's not I've human. Never agreed to it's that. not I, natural. I, I, We're not bots. Yeah. And yeah. I vocalize that in, in meetings and some people don't like it and I don't care. That's how I feel when they say, you no, you're not, you can't feel angry. I'm telling you not to be human. Right. Okay? But don't live in the anger. Can't yeah. live in the anger yeah. for very long, which brings yeah. us back to like two different experiences. Obviously not, not your partner it's your mom though mm-hmm. and then you had you lost your partner yeah similar kind of i mean i'm not drawing too many comparisons no, no. but he went in for one thing and was that a long-term illness thing he was facing or did it come no. out of nowhere no he he he, he fractured his skull so it took a bad fall fractured skull he had a compromised immune system so they were very concerned about a brain infection yeah so they were watching 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 then a psychiatrist shows up because he had high uh, ammonia in his blood and that causes confusion, agitation, and so she put him on psych meds. Mm-hmm. Now I spoke with her directly. He doesn't take psych meds. He doesn't need psych meds. It's, it's the ammonia. I've been seeing this for years. It's exactly the behavior. This is what it is. Get the ammonia levels down, and then she we interact with him. And she looked at me and she said, "Well, maybe." And she put him on three psych meds, mm-hmm. antipsychotic medications. So when his mental faculties really began to decrease, they blamed the psych meds. That was the infection of brain growing. And they didn't look. They didn't look at that. They had been looking at that for months, two months. But when this happened, they, oh, it's a psych meds doing it. Then he had a seizure. Then, oh, it's a pseudo seizure. It's not a real seizure. He's complaining of pain, complaining of chills, all signs that something is going wrong they didn't have before. The thing that they were most afraid of they took their eyes off the ball for segments. We have to adjust the segments, just the segments. The, the infection was growing. They're definitely the trained time, to do a certain. By the time they mm-hmm. caught it, he had multiple abscesses on his brain, pockets of pus collapsing ventricles. Mm. Yeah, and just and and we talked to a doctor, and she said they uh, were preoccupied with just the segments. Okay, now she says, "Oh, I never said that. Just lying." I never said that. This could really be a thing for, like, this could be awful for a really long time. Yeah. For and, you. Oh, I mean, good. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I, like, it could be a really I challenging understand. situation. Yeah, this is, it's it's horrible because. What do you want to do with all, what do you want to do with this we situation? Want How do you want to take care of yourself when, while I you're want, going through this? I'm. You. I mean, I understand. Yeah, what, how do I take care of myself? Yeah. What is oh, that I'm going to keep the anger. I'm going to keep that fire lit. I still mm. say, I mean, I can laugh. We joke and talk and laugh, and he gets me laughing at things. I can laugh. I can joke. I go out and do other things. I'm not. It's not consuming me. But I'm going to keep that fire lit. I'm going to stoke that fire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw lumber on that fire. Mm. I'm making a bonfire because that because these people are now lying. They we're getting a hard time getting the medical records. They'll send the medical records, but they won't send the imaging. We try to get the imaging. They say no, you can't have it, or for whatever reason, uh, they're they know that. It's screwed up, and they're just. I mean, this is a big corporation, Cedar Sinai. Mm, sure. Yeah, and they're just circling the wagons, and hoping we'll go away. And so, to me, 
I have to keep that late because I promised his sister we're going to find an answer. I never broke a promise to one, not one. 15 years, I did not break one. That means I'm ridiculous, but I don't, and I'm not going to break that promise. And when it happens, I'll be able to let it go. Now, if we, if we get somebody, because we talked to several attorneys, said they take the case, but it's very expensive. We won't take it on contingency, so you have to pay us very expensive. But we find somebody, so I'm going to money. <clears throat> Tell us that there's nothing they could have done. Really, there's no mistake there. It just happened. <sighs> I'll take a breath and let it go. That's not common though, because med medicine makes mistakes often. It's yeah. uh, medicine is it's uh, a practice. It's yeah, a practice. It's, it's a learning, and that's just the way yeah. that it goes. Um, but you're, you're reminding me of something. My, my mom was so. a very angry person, um, but for the first half of my life, or what, two thirds, yeah. she was a very depressed and shut yeah. down person. Yeah. And um, and I was telling her we were talking once, and I was talking about my depression and. And then I, I don't remember the full context, but then I was talking about anger and she said that she preferred anger mm -hmm. to depression because anger gave her power where depression took it all. Mm -hmm. yeah, but like her anger never did anything to serve her. Yeah. And um, you mean the depression? Hmm? No, the, her anger, oh, never, anger did. never did. Anything no. Serve. no, all it did when was a little bit for like just a moment. It can help you start to take some actions and stuff. Yeah. But like when you're living in the vibration of anger. There's, it's really hard to connect to that spiritual prosperity. We yeah. don't even know what that is. That sounds like some hippity dippity shit because we're not in it. Right. And so the bottom line is, is like we can. But there only... is more power in anger than there is in depression. Every day, and there's All a day. sense oh, yeah. of it. You know, there's yeah. a sense yeah. of what it. I think we're saying is you can't live in it. What I'm saying right now is I am. Living and my mom it, chose and to I'm live not, in it. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not trying to deny that. Uh, but but, no, I, but, kind of, but kind of you're saying it's having an effect on you, and you're saying that you you, could, you don't know how much longer you can sustain it. I don't know how much longer, but I'm going to try because I need for him for they. He should he should have come home. He didn't come home. The he beautiful writer yeah. played the violin. He wrote poetry that could tug at your heartstrings. He's the smartest person I have ever met. Damn sight smarter than me. He had a. a have you written way, him a goodbye letter yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I talk to him every day. I haven't written that letter. Hmm. But you, you knew him. You were, you saw his. Oh, he could have a sharp tongue. <laughs> I was afraid of him. You, you <laughs> have to have known him because he volunteered at the center. What was yeah. his name? Juan. Juan. If I saw a picture of him, I, I think name sounds really familiar. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there's a there's a guy named Marco I know over at Cry Help. He does grief and loss counseling. Yeah. And it, I, I'm doctor therapist. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm focused. I know what I want. Okay. I'm, I'm focused. Yeah. Now, maybe it's, I wouldn't say it's healthy, but right now I don't care because I, I see that's the way to get through. Otherwise, they're going to beat me down. I got to keep that fire lit to stay on them. All you can do is just keep numbers. moving that. But if you start yeah. hitting a bottom and being like, well, fuck, I, I, I can't do this anymore or something, yeah. you become aware yeah. of a need you have that you yeah. cannot need in this headspace. Yeah. That's where you could start to like, because it's just like anything. We hit a bottom yeah. with everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can't go we just on need with to be able to understand. You can't go on with everything forever. Yeah, I mean, you might get yeah. to a place where you just wake up one day and you're like, "I just need, I just need to make peace with this somehow." Yeah, but only you know when that is. Yeah, and I'm not there yet. So <laughs> let's yeah, um, let's but, go, let's um, go, let's because I mean, okay. let's just kind of yeah. um, because that's that's a whole thing, and 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 it's it's it's, it's not gonna, you know, you're in it right now. You're in yeah. the fight, so yeah. um, it'd be interesting to see. If this practice would even help you while you're going through that, but it there's, might. There's it another might. guy who's working with who's, you know, was like a 
rugby players, a lot of concussions and a lot of, you know, getting scanned for CTE stuff, like football player stuff. Interested to see how those mantras help them. Because it's just about connecting to that spiritual energy again. Like I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, I see. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if we only have about eight minutes before the 1230 meeting is going to roll in, um, I am happy to, I, I don't know if I could email you guys. Cause the main thing is, is I could sit with either of you guys individually or together. We don't necessarily need to do that on the podcast, though what yeah. they are, we are going to start doing mantra meetings. Cause mm-hmm. the main thing is to start, there's something about the power of saying these words out loud and starting to get our mind to really start focusing on them and start accepting those as possibilities. And then we start desiring those as possibilities. And it's nothing revolutionary. It's not like it's anything real specific. They're just. No, it's. Um, I've heard in the past people talk about the energy you put out mm-hmm. the universe is what comes back to you. Correct. Okay. And it's kind of like those. But you've got to train yourself to be putting out the right energy. Just in that half hour. Just put out the right just energy. Just for when you're doing yeah. the sitting. That's the cool yeah. thing about this. It's yeah. not like you're building a lifestyle and you have to like adhere to all these religious things and start to be like this perfect <laughs> yeah. person with yeah, this right. moral code, like go to church on Sunday and then have this unrealistic expectation throughout the week to act like a perfect person. Yeah. No, you sit down, you do your, your, your practice and you move on with your day and then a year later or six months later, you're like, I just had a bunch of different reactions and responses to things. And I, I can sit alone by myself now I, yeah. I, without having to pick up the phone and compulsively call four people. Like I can just be now. Huh? Yeah. And I didn't realize how important that was just to be able to sit alone with my higher power and be, I didn't realize that was even a thing. I, I don't have like that same God shaped hole. That's all this practice does is just help us reacquaint us with that spiritual energy we were born with. That's it. It doesn't promise cash and prizes. It doesn't no. do anything different. If it, it did, just helps us to be on the beam. I walked out. If there was a promise of cash and prizes, say no, this ain't real. It's the wholeness and joy yeah. and the ability to sit alone with God. That's it. That's cool. all that's promised to this. Well, cool. Is that a seven tradition? No, that's for AA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can just make a donation yeah. if you want to. I'll just put it in the fund. Yeah. Is this a two dollar bill? Yes, it is. I it's, it's love. a good. We just printed that. It's, that's the best kind. Back in the day, I don't know if you guys. Well, I maybe. Mean, back in the day, you could just. We used to when I was a tweaker. I don't know. Were you guys tweakers ever? Uh huh. Okay, uh, so I, I was tie. crackhead. Oh, crackhead. crackhead. Tweaker and crackhead. Yeah, I was. Yeah. My one of one of the hustles of the people that I knew when we were doing that was you just take like a. What were the ones? The five dollar bills have Lincoln on it, right? You spray it with cleaner, and then it just wipes off all the ink, and then you reprint it with a fifty on it. Uh-huh. So then it has the paper and the whole thing, and that's what all these people were doing. They were uh-huh. just reprinting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So when you say print up money, I, I mean, yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah. These are the, my favorite. I had like thirty of these, and then my a friend on a he was on a on one. He came into the house and took the whole piggy bank for oh. like twenty of them. Oh, wow! So well, I I've been there. reluctant to give it, but there it is. There That's you go. beautiful. That's a good luck term. I'm never going to get rid of it. Printing companies for over twenty years, and some of them do some real high end stuff. So we could reproduce this or fifty or whatever. I mean, jets off. We not nice. But we're not thing. going to. No, no, no. Yeah, we're, we're just joking. We're just artists. No, no. Huh? I don't know how to do that. Yeah, me neither. I don't have a printer. 
I don't even know what money is. Yeah. <laughs> it would be this. We yeah. don't want to go to prison. Exactly. So we, we love our physical freedom. Not to do that's, it. that's a mob but, and a cartel that I'm yeah, not willing to no, go no, up no. against. But uh, right. yeah, we had discussions, but we decided prison's not for us. So yeah. But it's, uh, also, we couldn't have gotten the paper. We couldn't have the proper ink. I mean, we can make it through production, but. The paper's the important part. Yeah. But yeah. If you bleach it's it's also ridged, right? Isn't yeah. the money ridged? Yeah. Well, not. When you print it on a magnetic ink printer, but you go into Photoshop first and oh, you so pull you out know. all the white. I've read about it. Yeah. And if you pull out all of the white and just leave the green in, it'll yeah. leave, and then it'll ridge and it'll feel the texture oh, on wow. the thing. Yeah. Anyway, guys, so we got way off subject there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to thank Stephen and Ken for coming out today. Um, uh, you guys, if you're in the Los Angeles area... We have two podcasts a week right now. One is on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. and one is on Thursdays at 11. And we're basically just having conversations about uh, the process. And you know, Ken will be back. We're going to do one over the weekend with Ken. He's one of the people who's like actually doing the practice right now. Cool. And he's getting ready to start on his alignment mantras, which I'm excited for. And he's just celebrating a year of sobriety as well. So oh, nice. Good. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So there's a good crossover. I mean, if you're burned out on AA, you, you, you know, this is, this is nothing that's going to interfere with mm -hmm. or like it doesn't talk shit about AA. It's a complimentary, yeah, it's a companion process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And whatever your spiritual thing is, even if you're in therapy, yeah. this is just keeping the mind ready to receive new possibilities and maintaining a vibrational frequency that is necessary to well, create new possibilities. I like the idea about curiosity. Curiosity is a, a great idea mm -hmm. because it keeps you open and it doesn't stamp a verdict on anything. Yeah. You can't really yeah. make change without being curious about Curiosity things. is one of the gifts we That's kind of what yeah. the second step, second and third step is. I mean, it's a little bit more archaically, but at the end of the day, I've been living in this alcoholic pattern. I've been regulating my emotions with drug and alcohol for 30 years. I have all kinds of circumstances and yeah. um, consequences from that. And I'm curious what else is available to me. And I'm going to just go in and I'm going to turn my life over to this program. And so this is just saying, well, there's not so much a program. There's just this spiritual consciousness that when you tap into it, inherent within it are these principles. We don't need to practice the principles. We need to connect to the energy. And once we're in the energy, all those principles are there. Our spirit, we're born with those principles. We just get separated from them. And so as we start to bring our authentic self back into alignment with our spiritual nature, in that consciousness is all the principles we need to live by. It's our job to maintain that connection. If we get out of connection, if we start living reactively, if, we, if we're in a, and I'm not saying you, but if any no, of no, us, no. and we don't recognize that, and we don't have the awareness that we've fallen out of alignment and then take the measures to get ourselves back in alignment, that doesn't mean to never have a bad feeling. It just means that when we start indulging and getting attached to things and we start getting in that avatar, oh, we go, oh, I'm doing this thing right now. I'm indulging in something. I'm perpetuating my own suffering. Boom. Bring ourselves back in, get back on the spiritual surfboard and keep moving. Because we're so addicted to doing that. We've you know, been living that way for a whole lot. I like that spiritual surfboard. The surf, spiritual surfboard. Cool. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, well, until next time, we're out. <laughs>